Thank you, Lord. One of the books of history. Testing all the Bible scholars here. The books of history starts with Joshua, then Judges, then Ruth, then 1 Samuel, then 2 Samuel. All right. We're going to go to chapter 6. I'm going to read three verses today. And we're going to pick up where we left off on Wednesday night. God is doing great things for his people. And we're in a, in a uh, phenomenal time frame. We're in a very phenomenal time frame. And the heartbeat of God is that he doesn't want anybody to miss it. It's possible to miss it. But God doesn't want us to miss it. In fact, this is, this is our time. Did you hear what I said? It's not just God's time. It is his time, but it's our time. Tell your neighbor, don't miss it. All right, 2 Samuel 6, verse 10 through 12. We'll use that again as our base. You have it? Let's read together. Ready, read. So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. But David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. That's 90 days. That's where the Lord had us declare this 90-day phenomenal visitation over the people of God. Glory to God. So it stayed there three months. And the Lord blessed Jonathan and all his household. You can stick your name right in there. Glory to God. Blessed so much the next verse says, now it was told King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David. Well, I imagine so. I imagine so. I imagine so he's going to have some gladness. When he heard about what was going on at Obed-Edom's house, I imagine he's glad. Glory to God. So we're talking again on the time of visitation, part two. The time of visitation, part two. Father God, thank you so much today for this wondrous time you've given us to be in your house, to be in your presence. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us from heaven. Our ears are open. Your word says, Father, hearing ears and seeing eyes, they are both from you. And so thank you that, Lord, our eyes see and our ears hear and our hearts receive the things you have for us to receive today, Lord. Now, as you speak, we want to make sure we're in tune and in sync with you, Lord. And God, moving at your speed, moving at your pace, moving according to your will and your plan. So, Lord, speak to us and have your way in this place, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen and amen. <clears throat> Glory to God. All right. So we're talking about, again, this we're in 2019, which the Lord told us is the year of abundant manifestation. The year of abundant manifestation. The year of abundant manifestation. And so uh, Apostle Durbin, when he was here in November, spoke about this being the year or a year of visitation. Everybody say visitation. visitation. And again, as I've been sharing with you, that's not a contradiction of terms because uh, you need visitation for there to be manifestation. We didn't coordinate on that, those words 
When I didn't ask him, what's the Lord saying to you? He asked me, what's, what's the Lord saying to me? Uh, no, it's just the Lord released both of those words and they go right there hand in hand. Yes. Amen. Yes. So God is at work in our lives in this, in this season, this time. Amen. And so what we've seen is that God is already visiting his people in very phenomenal ways. It was on, I believe, the 27th of January, I believe that was, when that word was released about these 90 days of uh, visitation and manifestation that God was giving his people. And so we're definitely in great expectation of what God is doing. Like we've been having testimonies of the great things God's already doing, uh, canceling debt and, and uh, loading people up with miracle money. Uh, healing people's bodies. I mean, he's been doing some supernatural things. And you know, he's alive. God's not dead. He's yet alive. Amen. We just, I can feel him in my hands and feel him in my feet and feel him all over me. And uh, the truth is, you and I may feel him, but the world can't feel him. So they have to see some things that provide uh, some evidence that God is alive and he's real. And so the Lord told us that, that whenever there's visitation from the Lord, there'll be manifestation uh, in the lives of his people. And whenever there's manifestation in the lives of his people, then the world gets a revelation. The world will see something, the world will know because the world, the world goes by what they see. They don't walk by faith, they walk by sight. They don't look on the heart, they look on the outward appearance. So the world has to see some things in the body of Christ so that they know God is alive, he's well, and he's real. There's all kind of false gods out here. All kind of religious uh, phoniness out here in the world. Hallelujah. But God is real, he's alive. And the world needs to know who's the real God and who's, the, who's God's real people. Are y'all with me here this morning? So what we absolutely need then is visitation from God. Because one visitation can change your life. How many of y'all understand that? One visitation can change your life. If you were here with tonight, I went through some, I gave you, I think, four uh, examples of how visitation can change your life. If you were here, uh, I talked about how on Wednesday night, how one visitation will erase a lifetime of shame and disappointment. Amen. When God visited Sarah, we saw that in Genesis 21, when God visited Sarah, he performed the word, the good word he spoke to her. And the Bible talks about how all those who had laughed at her, he said, now, 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 or she said, now they, they will be laughing with me. She had this child, Isaac. So all her shame, all disappointment of a lifetime was now gone from one visit from the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody shout one visit. One visit. Then I showed you how it said, uh, I showed you one visitation can deliver you from a lifetime of bondage. People have been bound a long time. And Joseph talked about how the, uh, God was going to visit the children of Israel and release them from all their bondage. After 400 some years of slavery, one visit from God was going to set them free. There are people who have been bound their whole lives. Bound to poverty. Bound to sickness. Bound to disease. Bound to depression. Glory to God. Remember that one man, uh, Pastor Kim ministered about him last week, talked about him in Acts 3. He was bound his whole life. He was, he was lame. The Bible says from his mother's womb. Well, what happened? He's there at the house of God, outside the house of God, and there are people going in and out just to, to go and pray, but this man's still lame his whole life. 
all of a sudden there were some men walking by, uneducated, unlearned, ignorant men, the Bible calls them, who they had been visiting with Jesus Christ for three and a half years. So now they had, had, had received a visitation. Now they became a visitation. So now when these men visited this man who was lame, he was lame, 38, lame his whole lifetime from his mother's womb. And one visit, all of a sudden, now he's healed. He's walking, leaping, and praising God. Are you hearing me? All it takes is one visit from God to change your life. Everybody say, I need a visitation. I showed you this last week, last on Wednesday. Uh, in fact, I want you to get this on the screen, Ruth chapter 1. One visitation can turn a famine into a feast. One visitation can turn a famine into a feast. I want you to look at Ruth chapter 1. I just want to, want to just reiterate this point to you because this is, this is good here. Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1 says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, so this is the land of Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Now, there's a famine in Judah. Now, if you know anything about Judah, Judah means praise. Wherever there's praise, there should never be a famine. Wherever real praise is going on, there should never be a famine. But what, if, you, if you track the history, what had happened again, happened again, what had happened again was the people had returned to their folly, to their foolishness, and instead of praising God, they were worshiping idols. They were doing all these kind of crazy things, and instead of praising God, they were, they were doing things that, that, that kept God away. You know what the Bible says? Your sins have separated me from you. So they, they, they were keeping God away by their actions. So in a land of Judah, a land of praise, where there was no praise, they hid a famine. And then this man left, went over to this, this uh, place called Moab, country of Moab, and then, you know, they connected with Ruth. That's the book, the Bible, the book's name, Ruth. And then they, they, get a, they get a word back in verse 6. Verse 6 says, now, uh, says, then she arose with her daughter, this is Naomi, she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. They're going back where? To Judah. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had what? Visited his people by giving them bread. So something happened back in Judah where they returned. They had enough of that famine. Oh, come on now. They had enough of that famine. Anybody, anybody in your life had enough of famine? Well, I want to teach you today, you got to go back to your praise and go back to your worship, get your praise going on, and then when you do that, God will once again visit you and turn your famine into a feast. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, you remember the story, uh, Ruth, she's the main character in this, in this, in this book, and uh, when she went back to Judah, when they went back to go to the place of praise, she hooked up with a man. I'm talking about turning your famine into a feast. <laughs> she hooked up with a man. Matter of fact, can I, can I, just, can I tell you how, to, how the Bible describes the man? And look at chapter 2, please, verse 1. Chapter 2, verse 1. Feast your eyes on this. There was a relative of Naomi's husband 
a man of great wealth. No, my goodness. Look how the Lord, the Lord saw fit to identify him. It didn't talk about how he was tall or dark or handsome like me. It talked about he was a man of great wealth. The Bible saw fit, pointed out because they've been living in a famine land. But one visit, you'll go from a, from a famine into a feast and she got hooked up. Any of y'all single ladies, all the single ladies need a, need a hookup? You don't want to marry a man just because he's tall, dark, and handsome. That's nice, but you... God's raising up some men in this house, some men of great wealth, some men of... Come on now, some men of great prominence. You're going to be glad that you met a man right up in this house here. They're going to be saved and Holy Ghost filled and have plenty of money. Wish I could get some of these single men to say Hallelujah. If you're looking for a man, baby, you better look over here. Don't be looking all outside the church. <laughs> now, where did she find this man? Where, where, where did she find this man? Back in Judah, back in praise. So, if, first of all, don't ever go with a man and he ain't praising God. Because you're going to end up right back in a famine again. Either that or you're going to pay for all of, you're going to pay for all the meals, you're going to pay for all the trips, you're going to pay for all the clothes, you're going to pay for all the movies. Cuz he ain't no praiser. You better find your praiser. <laughs> oh god. Glory to God. That's why that's why that's that's why God hooked up. He was a praiser. Glory to God. Boaz the one saying, I'll, I'll pay your rent. I'll buy your clothes. <laughs> Come on now, Ruth. You, you remember the story now. I, I, I'm trying not, not to go deep in it, but Ruth, Ruth was out there gleaning in his fields. She was out there just trying to, trying to get a little, a little scrape or just a little, little leftover. And God said, you ain't no leftover kind of girl. This is a single minute. You ain't no leftover kind of girl. Come on, all the ladies. Point to somebody and say, you ain't, no, you ain't no leftover kind of girl. But she was busy. She was engaged. She was serving her mother-in-law. And the Bible says, and it happened that she was gleaning in the field of Boaz. It happened. She wasn't looking. She, she wasn't Dora the Explorer. She wasn't, she wasn't looking for a man. But God hooked her up. You be willing to serve and God will put you in the house of a praiser and a praiser going to have some money. Every real praiser going to have some money. Yeah. All right, I better keep going here. The next book, uh, 1 Samuel. I showed you also 1 Samuel chapter 2. 
how visitation from the Lord, one visitation will turn your seed into a harvest. One visitation will turn your seed into a harvest. How many of y'all have seed in the ground? Well, your seed is not meant to stay in seed form. Your seed is supposed to turn into a harvest. 1 Samuel 2 and verse 20. 1 Samuel 2 and verse 20, watch this. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Now that loan, remember she had this child, Samuel. She had prayed, made a vow to God. God, if you give me this child, Samuel, I'm going to give him back to you and, and he's going to serve you all his days. And she kept that vow to the Lord. God honored her promise. And, and the Bible says, we read earlier, you don't have, to have time to go back and look at it, but it says earlier, she, every year she make him a nice little coat, make him a cute little, he had a custom coat going to serve, serve the Lord every year, right? And, and uh, I like that custom coat. So he had a custom coat the Lord gave it to him every year going. And, and the Bible says that the man of God prophesied over her and said, may, may the Lord give, this, give to you descendants from this woman for the loan. The loan was Samuel. That was given to the Lord, then they would go to their own home. Well, they're going back home. And then they go back home and do what husbands and wives do. It wasn't going to be a miracle. Verse 21. And the Lord, but look at verse 20, 21. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. So the son, Samuel, was a seed, but the harvest was three sons and two daughters. God multiplied that seed that she sowed by a visitation. Everybody say visitation. Can I keep going here? Well, I better, I better. One visitation, watch this next one. This is, this is a new one here. I didn't give you this Wednesday night. One visitation will restore everything the devil has stolen from you. You better see that one visitation will restore everything the devil has stolen from you. Anybody had anything stolen from them? Come on now, anybody had anything stolen from you? He stole your money, stole your time, stole, he might have stolen your peace at one time. He stole, stole your innocence, stole, stole, you know, stole something from you. Jeremiah 27 Verse 21, Jeremiah 27, 21. Yes, thus says the Lord of hosts. There he is. Now, y'all know who that is. The God of Israel concerning the vessels that remain in the house of the Lord and in the house of the king of Judah and of Jerusalem. They shall be carried away to Babylon and there they shall be until. So things were stolen out of the house of God and they remain with the enemy until. So things that have been stolen from you have remained in the enemy's hands until. Until the day that I visit them, says the Lord, then I will bring them up and restore them to this place. So when God visits you in these 90 days, expect God to restore everything that's been stolen from you, everything you lost, all the years that the locusts and the canker worm have devoured, expect God to restore everything back into your hands. And sevenfold. 
Come on now. Double for your shame. Glory to God. How does this happen? A visitation. A visitation. Let me give you one more. One visitation will resurrect the dead things in your life. One visitation will resurrect the dead things in your life. Luke 7. Luke 7. Glory to God. The Bible says God gives life to the dead and calls things that be not as though they were. Romans 4, 17, right? Look at Luke 7, verse 11. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him with, with, in a large crowd. And when he had come, when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out. A dead man being carried out. The only son of his mother and she was a widow. So she'd already experienced the loss of her husband. And in that day, there was no social security. There was no, no real uh, employment for a woman, especially a widow woman, to have. So she, when her husband's gone, now she told, she told her to depend upon her son to take care of her. And now he's dead too. But Jesus. Somebody say, but Jesus. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw you, <laughs> may the Lord see you in your dead situation. May the Lord see you in your struggle. May the Lord see you in your pain. May the Lord see you in your loss. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, don't weep. Don't weep. <laughs> A lot, lot of nerves Jesus has. Her husband's dead. Now her only son is dead, and he's telling her, don't cry. Tell your neighbor, stop crying. Your crying ain't going to fix it. As a matter of fact, don't cry because he's here. So even if you have been crying in your pain and your sorrow, the moment he shows up, all your crying got to be over. And this is what I'm saying to you, that in this day, this time of visitation, you can't miss visitation still crying. I'm going to show you that here today. Because he's already here. He's not going to show up. He's already here. Y'all missing that. Y'all not catching this. He's not, he's not coming. He's already here. He's already moving. He's already working. He's already making things happen. So he said, verse 14, then he came and touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. And he presented him to his mother. So that dead thing began to speak. May that dead thing in your life begin to talk again. Oh, you, you, you haven't heard that dream in a long time. You haven't heard that project in a long time, but it's about to speak again in your life. Now watch, watch. Verse 16, then fear came upon all and they glorified God saying, a great prophet has risen up among us and God has visited his people. So notice what happened. When he visited, the dead thing in her life was raised up. May the Lord resurrect every dead thing in your life. May the Lord resurrect every dead thing in your life. That business, that idea, that project, that dream, 
that you thought was gone, you can stop your crying now. <laughs> you can stop your crying now because God's raising everything up. Y'all got it? All right, now, so we've been saying our sincere desire should be for the Lord to visit his people and for us not to miss out on it. This is what I want to stress. He is visiting, but you cannot afford to miss out on this time of his visitation. I want you to get Psalm 106, please, on the screen. Psalm 106, verse 4 and 5. Psalm 106, <clears throat> verse 4 and 5. Are y'all tracking me today? Yes, sir. I had three yes, sirs. Are y'all tracking me today? Yes, sir. All right. Psalm 106, verse 4. It says, remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have toward your people. So God has favor toward his people. Somebody shout favor. Favor. Oh, visit me with your salvation. Now, he's not asking to be born again. There's no born again in the Old Testament. He's asking God to visit him with salvation, with prosperity, with healing, with, with restoration, with deliverance. So, so in other, other words, for him to receive the salvation, he, he understands I need a visitation from the Lord. Verse 5, that I, that I may see the benefit of your chosen ones. There's a benefit to being one of God's chosen ones. That I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. With your inheritance. So he's asking God for, for visitation, and that's what we're doing, is asking God during this season, and really from now on, God always visit. I told you, that's, that's my prayer now every day. Lord, visit me today. We can expect him to do that, right? That's how it was when, when Adam was in the Garden of Eden, that God would visit him every day. Walk with him and talk with him in the cool of the day every day, and God would visit him, and God would just be, be uh, fellowshipping, communing with him. The Bible talks about well, you and I can have the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost. Yes, Glory to God. So every day expect God to visit you. Yes, Glory to God. In fact, when you get to work, God visit me at work. Yes. You don't like the environment, you don't like the atmosphere at work, ask God to visit you at work. Oh, he'll visit your job. Run all the foolishness out. All right, now. So the time of visitation. So what I, wanted to, what I brought to you Wednesday night was it's possible to miss or fail to recognize the visitation of God. I want to go back to Luke 19, please, and show you this. Luke 19. Glory to God. And I can't afford to miss it. I need my life to be changed for good, for the better, and forever. And it's going to take a visitation for this to happen. And guess what? God wants to visit his people. We don't have to trick God into visiting us. We don't have to beg God into visiting us. I, this is like I just told you. When he put Adam here, God visited him every day. In that Psalm 8 that says, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? So God wants to visit. God wants to fellowship with his people. He wants to bring uh, supernatural experiences into our lives. But we can't afford to miss it. We got to recognize when he's visiting, and he's visiting now. Luke chapter 19, are you there? 
verse 41, verse 41, says, Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day. You see that? It's your day. Oh, boy. Man, man, man. Holler out, it's my day. Jesus said, this is your day. <laughs> he said, the things that make for your peace, the things that make for your peace, irony, your felicity, your happiness, your security, your prosperity. He says, but now they are hidden from your eyes. So, so he says, this is your day and there are things that make for, things that, that, that make up, things that I'm bringing you that are for your prosperity. But you can't see them. They're hidden from your eyes. You're missing it. And he's saying this as he's weeping. He's crying. I want you to understand the heart of, the, of God is that he cries over his children missing it. The Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit of God is grieved when his children miss out on what he's doing. Come on now. Are, are you making God happy or are you grieving him? I'm not talking about you sinning. Oh, y'all didn't say anything. I'm not talking about you sinning. I'm, I'm trusting that you all are over sin. I got three people. I'm trusting, I'm just believing in good faith that you all are over sin already. I'm past sin. Who you think you are saying you're past sin? I'm past sin. I'm past sin. I don't have time to sin. I don't have a desire to sin. I don't give any place to the devil to make me sin. Glory to God. I don't continue in sin. I'm done with sin. I'm not interested in anything the world has to offer me. I'm going to stay there until y'all say something. I'm not going to sin. I let not sin reign therefore my mortal body. I'm done with sin. The wages of sin is death. I don't want that. So I don't, I don't participate in sin. Some of y'all can't even look at me straight now. I don't, I don't mess around with sin. I'm, I'm just trying to identify my, if I'm in the right house or wanting to go to some Baptist church down the street or something. We're done with sin, right? So if you're done with sin, then that ain't God's issue now. His issue is then that you and I miss, don't not miss out on the visitation time. What grieves God about us it, because we're done with sin? It's not sin. Because we're done with sin, right? I'm going to just keep on messing with him, Elder Baker. Look, look at your neighbor in the eye and say, I'm done with sin. Watch them shifty eyes now. Watch them shifty eyes. No, I don't, I don't play with sin. I don't play with sin. But what is sin? Whatever displeases God. All unrighteousness is sin. Well, Pastor, all things are lawful. Yeah, but not all things are expedient. So I'm done with all that stuff. Got it? So what would grieve God about me then 
is me missing the time of visitation. And I can't afford to miss it. He don't want me to miss it because he's depending on me and you to get it so that we can not only have visitation, but we can become a visitation. And we can show the world who he is. Because the world is glamorizing the, uh, themselves. And our people, our children are glamorizing the world. Y'all ain't saying anything. Because we've been, we've been experiencing famine in the church. Famine of power. Famine of substance. Famine of the word. Oh, it's all kind of word. No, I ain't talking about reading the Bible. I'm talking about famine of the word. Famine of revelation. Anybody can read the Bible. I'm talking about revelation. Reading the Bible ain't going to change your life. You need revelation. And there's been a famine of miracles and signs and wonders. And a famine of financial manifestation. So people see the world and they look and, and see, you know, they want what the world has then. Because in their eyes, the church has nothing to offer, but God's trying to change all that. That's why God needs you to be rich. Y'all ain't say nothing. That's why God needs you to be rich. That's why God needs you to be rich. That's why God needs you to be rich. That's why God needs you to be, you to be healed and healthy and whole and strong and virile. And intelligent. And walk and act and talk and live like you got some sense. <laughs> so the world can see Jesus in us. So notice what happened here. He's saying if you had known even you, especially in this hour, in this your day, the things that make for your peace, your day, your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. So your eyes didn't recognize your day which carried your peace. Verse 43, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you on every side. In other words, you're not going to experience the goodness. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to be in some trouble. Verse 44, and level you. Level you. Squash you like a bug and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave you and leave you in one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. I can't afford to miss Hattie. I can't afford to miss this because my children's lives are at stake. My family's lives are at stake. My neighbor's lives are at stake. My city, according to verse 43, my city uh, is at stake. Based on what you and I do. Oh, glory to God. Go back to verse 41, Message Bible, please. Give me this same thing in Message Bible. Message Bible. When the city came into view, he wept over it. Keep going, please. If you had only recognized this day and everything that was good for you, but now it's too late. What, 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 what he's saying? He's saying then that there's a, there's a time frame you got to get in on it. You, you can't afford to wait. Well, well, I'm, I'm going to wait the 90 days over and see what happened with everybody else. Don't be a fool. Tell you that, but don't be a fool. 
don't, don't wait to see what manifestation I get. You better go ahead and jump in now so you don't miss out on it on your own. Well, I'm waiting to see if they get any more of them testimonies. I think, think them few, few testimonies, they were little, little lucky stuff. That was just, just coincidence. Somebody's car got paid off by coincidence. Somebody got $24,000 cash by coincidence. So-and-so got healed by coincidence. There's no coincidence in God. There's no, there, the word coincidence does not even exist in the Hebrew language. There's no coincidence. Everything God has said, he's doing, and he performs his good word when he visits his people. And he's given us a word, and he's visiting now, so don't wait till April 27th and say, well, I guess I better try to get in on it. I'm in now. Tell your name, I'm in right now. This is, it's our day now. It's my day now. It's my visitation now. I'm not going to wait till it's too late. Well, Pastor, you said, they said it's a year of visitation. Yeah, I know. It's a year of abundant manifestation. Yeah, I know. And it's going to keep going. Yeah, I know. But right now in this 90-day prophetic time frame, well, you see him moving. Don't wait and miss that. And I'm talking to the young people too, the kids. Don't wait till you're 35. I'm going to try to get in on it when I'm 35. You better get in on it now. Ain't nothing to stop God from making a 15-year-old a multimillionaire. I say nothing to keep, keep God from making a 15-year-old a multimillionaire. And you ain't got to take all your clothes and your panties off to make it happen. You can, you can serve God. You can live for God. You can walk with God and God will still do it in your life. You ain't got to give up all your dignity and all your self-respect to make it happen. You ain't got to start cussing in your raps. Verse 43, verse 43. In the days ahead, your enemies are going to bring up their heavy artillery and surround you from, surround you, pressing in from every side. Verse 44. They'll smash you and your babies on the pavement. Not one stone will be left intact. All this because you didn't recognize and welcome God's personal, whoa. God is willing to visit you personally. That means if Devin don't want it, that's all right. Devin ain't got to have it. I'm not picking on Devin. I'm just saying. I'm just, he's, a, he's a big target right there. But he's, he's willing to personally visit me. That means if nobody else in this whole church wants God to visit. You can visit me, Jesus. You know my address. I'm preparing a place for you to come. Glory to God. I'm not going to miss it. 
And I'm going to make sure I do what it takes. I create an environment. I, I create an atmosphere. I create a habitation for God to want to visit. I'll show you in the time I have left today that there's a certain atmosphere you have to, have to create that, uh, that allows or, or invites God to visit you personally. Y'all got it. So I don't want to miss it. I don't want to uh, miss out on my peace and pro my prosperity when God visits. Now, you remember we talked about this guy, Obed-Edom. And Obed-Edom, he didn't miss it. I said he didn't miss it. Remember in, go back to 2 Samuel 6. 2 Samuel 6. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. But when the Lord shows up, boy, he'll mess your whole world up. Turn your whole world upside down and right side up. Glory to God. Everything wrong, he'll make it right. Glory to God. Stuff you've been dragging around with for the last 20 years, that you'll find it gone in your life. Oh, y'all ain't sending to me. Stuff you've been dragging around, dealing with for the last 20 years, you'll find it gone in your life. Glory to God. Now we read in 2 Samuel 6 here, again, verse 10, so David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. Everybody say Obed-Edom. Obed the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his Household. So the ark remained there three months, and that's where the Lord prompted us to declare over this house a 90-day prophetic time of, of visitation and manifestation. That was, that was the 27th of January, so that, that ends the 27th of April. Just so happens, they asked me that about that Wednesday night, uh, Apostle Derber will be here that same weekend. We didn't plan that. I, that just, it just happened to fall that way. Praise the Lord. So it's going to be a high time in the Lord, I know, that week. Now, so this 90-day window that we're in is where the Lord of hosts is visiting his people with unusual prosperity, unusual manifestation. It had to be unusual because those who saw it told the king, and when they told it in verse 12, they attributed it to the ark being there. Other words, they were accustomed to Obed-Edom's house, I guess, doing okay. But when they saw this 90-day time frame, something happened that changed Obed-Edom's life over the last 90 days. They said, this is unusual prosperity. This is unusual manifestation. Everybody in his household was blessed. Lord, bless everybody in my household. Bless everybody in my family. Bless everybody that's tied and connected to me. Hallelujah. It pays to be in the right house. It pays to be connected to the right person. Because I'm going to show you that Obed-Edom's house was blessed. But this wasn't the first time an ark or the ark visited someone's house. Tell you that, but it pays to be in the right house. Oh, my goodness. You want to be connected to the right person. And you want the situation to be right. 
Obed-Edom, Obed means servant, servant of Edom. So Obed was a servant. He was a servant. So when the ark showed up at his house, he's prepared to serve the Lord. He's a servant. He has a servant's heart. So the ark, when the ark comes, he doesn't just say stick it over in a closet somewhere and, you know, he, he makes a place for it. He, hold on, hold on, before you set it down, hold on. Let me, let me go clean this area up. I want to make sure I prepare habitation for God because I'm going to host, the, I'm going to host God, the Lord of hosts. I'm going to host him. So I'm, he, he has a servant's heart. And if you want God to visit your house and manifest unusual prosperity in your house, you need to make sure you have a servant's heart. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Another place says, serve him in sincerity and truth. When you serve the Lord, when you make it your aim to please the Lord, he's going to show up in your house. Glory to God. I'm not trying to get God to come and serve me. I want him to come so I can serve him. But when I serve him right, he's going to leave something called a gratuity. Oh, Jesus, y'all don't... <laughs> Come on now, you know you've been to a restaurant. And when somebody serves you right, now if they, if they don't have serve you, you know, you kind of just, you know, I'm, I'm, let, me, let me get the calculator out. But when they serve you right, they keep your glass full, they keep your cup running over, make sure you always have all that you need and clean the table for you and they, I mean, they, 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 they attend to you. They don't, they don't go back in the kitchen and forget you out there when they serve you. See, Obed-Edom didn't stick the ark over in the corner and forgot it was there. He served. And when God leaves you a tip, Now, you know, the tip, the tip is after you pay the bill. So what God going to do in your 90 days is pay all your bills and leave you a tip. Y'all didn't hear what I said. He going to pay your bills. He'll, he'll pay your car off. He'll pay your student loan off. He going to pay your house off and leave you a tip. Somebody shout, Lord, pay my bills. Lord, pay my bills. Some of y'all scared to say that. Look at your religious self. I can't say that. I can't. The Lord, in my the Lord, he will pay your bills. My God shall supply all your need. He said, you take no thought for your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on. Don't worry about how you're going to have, have clothes and how you're going to have food and how you're going to have shelter. I'm going to pay your bills for you. Y'all better hear this preacher today. I'm a witness God to pay your bills. I'll pay your bills. He's going to pay your bills. 
and leave you a tip. <laughs> I receive. You're going to pay your bills, Barry. You ain't got to worry about them bills. You just go and get your praise on, Barry. God's going to pay your bills for you. You just serve him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My goodness. My goodness. My goodness. My goodness. Y'all don't know God is a bill payer? Why, why was Peter and his boys, why were they fishing in Luke 5? To pay their bills. They weren't fishing for fun. They were fishing to pay their bills. This is a company, they're out there fishing to pay their bills. And Jesus visited Peter's boat. And when he visited Peter's boat, and Peter, he, Jesus asked Peter, hey, Peter, can you take me out there, out, out there so, I, so, so I, can, I can preach? And Peter said, yes, Lord. And so Peter served Jesus. What happened? Jesus paid his bills and left him a tip. To the point that his boat tipped over and began to sink. I said, he'll pay your bills and leave you a tip. Somebody holler, pay my bills, Lord, pay my bills, Lord. He don't do that. Well, how, how come he said, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you? I mean, cast your light bill, your phone bill, your water bill, your rent, your mortgage, your car, no, your student loan. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Don't be all deep and religious with me. All deep and religious with me. The biggest thing on your mind tomorrow morning is your bills. That's why you're going to work. You ain't going to work because you like it. You're going to work to pay them bills. He told us, don't you take any thought for your bills. So Obed, Edom is serving the Lord. And in 90 days, God paid his bills and left him a tip. So much so, they went and told King David in, verse, in 2 Samuel 6, verse 12, David, hey, Dave, David, King, sir, sir, uh, sir, uh, we, got, we got something going on down there at Obed Edom's house. We don't know. I mean, he'd been a good man, but something happened because there's some unusual manifestation, some unusual prosperity going on. And well, when it started, let me see, it started, it started when we dropped that, we dropped that ark off over there and everything changed in his life. Everything has to change. has to change. When, when he visits, that's why you and I cannot afford to miss his visitation. Don't be sitting back all casual and cool and you know, I'm just, I'm just watching to see what God does for other people. That's, 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 I understand you're going you're gonna to praise God for them. But God wants to give you your own testimony. He wants to give you your own praise report. 
He wants to give you your own manifestation. He wants to give you your own hip hoop parade. He wants to give you your own reason to boast in the Lord. Everyone tied to Obed-Edom was blessed. That's why I, I told my wife, I, we were in, in, in getting ready for church last Sunday morning, and it just came up in my spirit. We got to make sure, babe, we do everything we're supposed to do to honor God's presence because everybody tied to us is going to be blessed because we are honoring God's presence. I already told you I'm done with sin, so you ain't got to worry about me. You ain't, ain't got to worry about ever reading the paper, going online, Googling my name, and finding out Pastor don't got caught up in something. Ain't getting caught up in nothing. Man, I'm so way past sin, I don't know what sin looked like. I don't have time for it, man. I don't, I don't, get, any, I don't get any pleasure out of sin anymore. So I ain't talking about sinning. I'm talking about, babe, we got to do everything we can. We, we got to make sure we're consecrating ourselves, praying, fasting, stand before God, praising God all the time, keeping the word pumping in your hearts because we need you to manifest. Let me tell you something. It's, it's, it's no coincidence that so far in this 21 days, the major testimonies have come out of you all and not out of us. I'm, I'm all right with that because we know we got, God going to take care of us. He's going to pay our bills and tip us. But what I'm saying is he's doing it in you because you, you verify the word. What God does in your lives verifies the word. He confirms the word with signs following. If people see the preacher get blessed, they, then everybody just, they're going to say what they always say about the preacher. What they always say about the preacher taking everybody money, the preacher cheating the church. He preacher doing, pre, this preacher ain't doing none of that. I ain't got to do none of that. But God wants to manifest in your life to stop your stupid cousin from talking about your pastor. Because your cousin and the folks in the beauty shop and the barber shop, all them preachers, all them pastors know. But when they see you driving up in your Mercedes, huh? Why are you talking about stuff? Because all that's all the world sees is stuff. I pray in tongues all the time, but the world don't see me praying in tongues. But they'll see you right up in your whip. on the sick and the sick recover. But the world don't see that in here. Pastor Kim last Thursday when she was preaching that Thursday night walked by a girl she got instantly healed. Just walk, that's walk by her she got healed. But the world don't, they don't know nothing about that. But when they see, see you in your Gucci shoes y'all ain't see y'all don't like this. Y'all don't, don't, don't even like that. Y'all don't even like, when they see them double G's I mean a real, not, not them fake double G's y'all wearing, the real double G's. What? 
then they're going to say, hey, we need to come worship with you. We want to know your God. We want to be saved like you are. So God has to bring unusual prosperity, unusual manifestation in your life so the world gets a clue. Jesus, help us, Lord. So you see the ark visited Obed-Edom's house, and he got blessed. But again, I said this wasn't the first time that the same ark had visited someone's house. Let's go back to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel and chapter 6. Yeah, 6 again. 1 Samuel and chapter 6. Now, you remember the story under uh, Eli... The ark had been stolen by the Philistines. Philistines took it. They put it in the house of, uh, in the temple with their god, Dagon. Remember that? Y'all remember that? Well, if you don't, you just read, go back in the, book, in the book and read it. They, they took the ark of the covenant, ark of the Lord, and put it in the temple. with. Uh, they had the, their, their false god, Dagon, and they said that when they came in the next morning, Dagon had fallen down. The ark is here and Dagon, their false god, has fallen on the ground, bowed down to the ark. Because God is the greatest God of the universe. There's no God like our God. And in the presence of any other God, any God must bow down. So what do they do then? They take their Dagon God and they're going to prop him up again. That's, what, that's exactly what the world is doing. The world is doing it right now. The world stuff keeps falling down to God's kingdom, but they keep propping it back up. We're going to prop up our education system. We're going to prop up our medical system. We're going to prop up our government system. We're going to keep propping up our, our financial system. We're going to keep propping, them, propping it up. But what happened? They came in the next day. Not only had, had Dagon fallen down, but his head was gone, his arms was gone, legs was gone, nothing but his torso. Because there's no God that can stand in the presence of the real God. Not only that, while the Philistines had the ark, people start breaking out all kind of uh, tumors and stuff. All kind of stuff, start, medical stuff start happening to them because the, the ark didn't belong to them. The ark is for the people of God. It's God's people who get his presence. And the world, the Philistines, trying to fake it. Trying to have something that doesn't belong to them. But it's causing them to have all kind of medical conditions. To the point the Bible said one time they broke out in what, what King James calls emeralds, which we know that to be hemorrhoids. That ain't, ain't nothing nice, ain't nothing pretty. Ain't nothing, nothing, nothing pretty about hemorrhoids. None of the men could sit down. Y'all don't know anything about that. Say hemorrhoids, hemorrhoids. And there was no preparation age back then. There was, didn't exist. Not only that, if you read, keep reading the story, the Bible said they, their city got swarmed by rats. Rats. Rat infestation hit the city. To the point of listening, says, ho, 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 that's too much. You don't kill our God, gave us hemorrhoids, now rats all over our house. We got to get rid of this ark. Send this ark back to God's people who it belongs to. 
got to return all God's stuff back to his people. We're going to return God's presence back to the people it belongs to. <laughs> I won't say that. Glory to God. So, are y'all there in 1 Samuel 6? Verse 20. Now, what happened? They sent it to the, to the, back into the people of God, and they ended up in a, in a city called Beth Shemesh. If you look early there, verse 20, it ended up in Beth Shemesh, but the people of Beth Shemesh got in trouble because they opened the ark and looked inside of it. Why they looked inside? Because they heard the people had put gold in there. there were the, the, the Philistines trying to, trying to pay, pay off God had put golden rats in there and golden uh, tumors, they, things to make to look like him or look like the tumors. They, they made them out of gold, like we're going to offer this back to God to get off us. So the people of Beth, Beth, Beth Shemesh, they looked in there, trying to, oh, look at that, all that gold. And, and uh, a bunch of them died. A whole lot of them died. 50,000 plus of them died. All right, now, are you in verse 20 now? Yes, Glory to God. I'm almost finished, y'all. Just hold on. And the men of Beth Shemesh said, who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? And to whom shall it go up from us? Get this thing up out of here, too. Now, these are God's people. So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kirjath Jerem, saying, The Philistines have brought back the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up with you. They don't want it. God's people say, they say we don't want this ark. They don't even realize they've been visited by God. <clears throat> verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 1. 7, verse 1. Then the men of Kirjath Jerem came and took the ark of the Lord and, watch this, brought it into the house of Abinadab on the hill and consecrated Eleazar, his son, Abinadab's son, to keep the ark of the Lord. So he, Eleazar is supposed to keep it. They consecrated him. He's supposed to keep it. Verse 2, so it was that the ark remained in Kirjath Jerem a long time. It was there 20 years, not three months, 20 years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. All right, now let's deal with some issues. Because if you were to keep reading for 20 years, you get no report of unusual manifestation, no report of unusual prosperity, nothing big happened at all. With the ark being in, uh, in Abinadab's house 20 years. Now, three months in Obed-Edom's house, and he is just, bam. But 20 years in Abinadab's house, nothing happened. All right, let's deal with this. Abinadab, Abinadab means son of a, of a nobleman. So Abinadab is nobility. Remember now, Obed-Edom was servant. He's used to serving. The son of nobility is used to being served. <laughs> Come on, you catching on. So the, how, the ark is now in Abinadab's house, but rather than him and his sons and his family serving God and honoring and taking care of it, 
they just, they expect somebody else to take care of this thing. Just stick it over there somewhere. They're not serving. There's no, there's no servant's heart to them. We're noble people. We're uppity. Matter of fact, look at where his house is. Up on the hill. Benadab's house is on the hill. So I'm, I'm already well-to-do. There's nothing, you know, I don't, I don't need this thing anymore. I'm going to go out golfing. <laughs> Working on my swing. Now all the time, the ark is there. The ark, and it could change his life. But in his mind, I'm good. We're going to go out on the yacht today. Hey, nothing wrong with a yacht. Y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying now? Nothing wrong with golfing. I mean, I'm not talking about that. I ain't talk, I'm talking about. I'm, not, I'm talking about the fact that this guy in his mind, in his household, in their mind, although his son uh, Eleazar was consecrated, consecrated don't mean he did it. They're noble people. They're they're the, they're the well-to-do class. So this ark, I don't have time to pay attention to this ark. It's there, just put it over there. Have the maid take care of the maid. Let, let her wipe it down every once in a while if you notice it get dusty. Come on now. Have Florence. Florence, just take care of that. <laughs> Hazel. I mean, who y'all want to just. Mr. Belvedere? You take care of that, Florence, please. Jeffrey? Take care of that. These are noble people. So they're, the ark, they're not moved by the ark. Now, watch what happens here. The ark remained in Kirjath Jerem. This is at his house. A long time. It was there 20 years. 20 years and nothing happens. But watch what else was the issue. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. Y'all got it. You see it. So the people, the ark is back, but they're crying. There's no joy. There's no gladness. They're lamenting. They're weeping. They're crying. Oh, woe is me. Taxes went up again. Woe is me. Have you seen how high bread is getting? Oh, gas went up again. Oh, the man trying to keep me down again. Oh, Lord. Look at it. Oh, Lord. In the name of Jesus, stop by here, Lord. He's right there. Stop by here, Lord. If you have time, Lord Jesus. This old world. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child, Lord Jesus. They're lamenting. When the ark is there, they're supposed to be praising God. But they're lamenting. So their lamenting is not inviting God's presence. It is keeping God's presence away. So for 20 years, nothing happens in Abinadab's house. Because they got the wrong attitude and no gratitude. They have the wrong 
approach to this thing, they're crying. That's why when Jesus showed up in, in, in Luke 7 with that woman, that widow woman, he said, hey, don't weep. I'm here. Look at your neighbor and say, stop weeping. Stop your crying. The Lord of hosts is here. That means you can stop crying over your bills. You can stop crying over your debt. You can stop crying over all your payments. You can stop crying over your children. You can stop crying over your health. You can stop crying over anything. You can stop crying over your marriage. Stop crying over all that stuff. The Lord is here. Did you hear what I said? The Lord is here. Oh, we used to say it like this. The Holy Ghost is here right now. Yes. He's here. He has arrived. But rather than them worshiping and praising God, they're lamenting 20 years. 20 years. No prosperity. No miracles. In fact, okay, go, to second, go back to 2 Samuel. Go back to 2 Samuel. Chapter 6. Oh, hurry up, y'all, hurry up. I'm, I'm almost out of time. Glory to God. No prosperity, no miracles, no manifestation. Watch 2 Samuel 6, verse 3. Verse 3. Now, they, they went... Go to verse 1. Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God. Now, Baal, Judah is, is, is where Kirjath Jerem is. So when David shows up to get the ark, they're going to Abinadab's house. Now, the, now we read 20 years. If you were to read Amplified Bible, uh, 1 Samuel 6, uh, Amplified Bible will, uh, sorry, 1 Samuel 7, verse 2. Amplified Bible will say it was, it was there almost 100 years. The time of Samuel, all of Saul's reign, and part of David's reign. But the point that's made still, 20 years though, they're crying. So God ain't going to show up with all that crying. That's, that's news for somebody. God's not going to show up with all your crying. Crying is not how you get to God. All crying does is, is make your soul feel good. <laughs> One last cry. <sighs> now God sees your tears, but he can't move until you dry your tears, release your faith, accompanied by a praise. All right, now, are you in 2 Samuel 6? All right, now watch verse, uh, verse 3. So they set the ark of God on a new cart, on a new cart. Now that's the same way the Philistines brought it. And brought it out of the house of who? Same fellow, which was on the hill. Bible pointed out again, he was on the hill. <laughs> and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab. Now remember, Obed-Edom, when the ark was in his house, his whole household got blessed. Now watch this. They brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill again. And the Bible keep pointing out it's on the hill. Accompanying the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played, before the, played music before the Lord. Let me, let me skip verse 5. I'm going to come back to verse 5 later. Verse 6. When they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah, now Uzzah is who? Abinadab. Abinadab's son, put out his hand to, to the ark of God and took hold of it 
for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died by the ark of God. Died by the ark of God. Died by the ark of God. He, this thing that was meant to bless them, no prosperity, no manifestation, no miracles, and Uzzah dies. He touched it. Wasn't supposed to touch it. Oh, Jesus. Are y'all with me in this? <laughs> now, again, what was the difference between Obed-Edom's visitation and Abinadab's visitation? Is it God showing favoritism? No, no God's no respect of persons. So how come in this house we'll have 50% uh, of people testify about God done something for me and others who for 90 days will say nothing happening? As you said today, nothing happening. Well, we got to find out how are you handling the visitation? Go back to 1 Samuel 7, verse 2. Back to 1 Samuel 7, verse 2. All Israel lamented after the Lord. Give me that same verse in the New Living Translation, please. The NLT. 1 Samuel 7, verse 2 in the New Living Translation. Watch this. Glory to God. The ark remained in Kirjath Jerem for a long time, 20 years in all. During that time, all Israel mourned because it seemed the Lord had abandoned them. Had abandoned them. He's right there. He's. But that's, it seemed to them like he's abandoned us. We can't find God. He's right there. God ain't nowhere to be found. He's right there. Same verse, Living Bible, please. The Living Bible, TLB, the Living Bible. The ark remained there for 20 years, and during that time, all Israel was in sorrow because the Lord had seemingly abandoned them. They're mourning. They're in sorrow. How many of y'all know mourning and sorrow are not the same as faith and expectation? Give me this same verse, one last place, in the uh, contemporary English version, the CEV, please. Watch how it reads in the CEV. Glory to God. Contemporary English version. It says, and it stayed there for 20 years. During this time, everyone in Israel was very sad and begged the Lord for help. Do you see the problem here? They're sad and they're begging God for help. How many of y'all know begging is not what moves God? Faith moves God. Faith. God responds to faith. The Bible didn't say without begging it's impossible to please God. It said without faith it's impossible to please him. Now, let's round this thing out here. Give me 1 Chronicles, please. Y'all can turn over there if you, if you want to. 1 Chronicles 13. They're going to get on the screen for us, please. 1 Chronicles 13, verses 1 through 3. Because we're, what we're going to see is is that God had not abandoned them. God would never abandon his people. First Chronicles 13 and verse 1. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Says, then David consulted with the captains of thousands. Now, this is the same story we read in 2 Samuel 6, just in Chronicles' version of it. The captains of thousands and hundreds, and with every leader, verse 2. And David said to all the assembly of Israel, if it seems good to you and if it is, it is of the Lord, if, if it is of the Lord our God, let us send out to our brethren 
everywhere who are left in all the land of Israel and with them to the priests and Levites who are in their cities and their common lands that they may gather together to us. Verse 3, and let us bring the ark of our God back to us. For we have not inquired at it since the days of Saul. Notice what, what David is saying here. Remember, the people are crying because they're, they're thinking God has abandoned them. David tells the truth. We've not inquired of him. The problem is never God because God would never leave us nor forsake us. The problem is we, it's us abandoning him, us neglecting him. Watch this same verse. Give me verse, verse 3, please, in the Living Bible. Verse 3 in the Living Bible. Glory to God. Verse 3 in the Living Bible. Glory to God. And let us bring back the ark of our God, for we have been neglecting it ever since Saul became king. So Saul, uh, David said, the problem is, we've got, not that God neglected us, we've neglected him. Now give me that same verse, please, in the voice translation. Watch the voice. It says, let us, read it with me, please, ready, read. Let us take the covenant chest of our God from its exile in kirjath Jerem and return it to our presence, making it, since we did not keep it with us. So he says, let's make it our focus. The problem with Abinadab was Abinadab didn't make it his focus. Obed-Edom made the, made the ark his focus. Abinadab, his whole household, they were out golfing and, and, and you know, playing Yahtzee and stuff. They, they weren't thinking about God. And he's right there in their house. Well, I hope y'all are catching what I'm saying to you today. Many people can be right up in this church and not even thinking about God, and yet he's right here in this house ready to move in your life in a supernatural, miraculous way. They said we've neglected him. We've forsaken him. We've not focused on him. We've abandoned God. All right. Now, 1 Chronicles 13. Go back to New King James, please. 1 Chronicles 13, verse 4. Verse 4. It says that all the assembly said that they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. Keep going, please. So David gathered all Israel together from Shahor in Egypt to as far as the entrance of Hamath to bring the ark of God from Kirjath Jerem. Keep going. And now watch this. Now we're going to see the difference between, now remember what they were doing for 20 years. Lamenting, crying, weeping. Now watch this. And David and all Israel went up to uh, Baalah to Kirjath Jerem, which belonged to Judah, which belonged to praise, to bring up from there the ark of God, the Lord, who dwells between the cherubim where his name is proclaimed. Keep going, please. So they carried the ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abinadab, and Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. Verse 8. Watch verse 8. Watch verse 8. Watch verse 8. Then David and all Israel played music before God with all their might. Now watch. Now, when they went to Abinadab's house, there was no music, there was no song, no parade, no fanfare, no singing, no dancing, no shouting, no nothing. They're mournfully bringing that thing. They just drop it, just throw it back in the closet somewhere. But when David gets, he said, no, we're going we're gonna to praise, we're going to dance, we're going to shout, we're going to sing. They all said on string instruments, on tambourines, on cymbals, and with trumpets. We're going to make a joyful noise. 
And now what happens when you praise God? Visitation. Now you know the story. What happened? What happened? Now this ark had been at Abinadab's house 20 years. Now there had been no praise or worship. There's been crying. So God's presence isn't there. All of a sudden now they've praised God in verse, in verse 8. And now go to, go to verse 9 please. Verse 9. Verse 9, and when they came to Chidon's uh, threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled. Verse 10, verse 10, the angel of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him because he put his hand to the ark, and he died there before God. Notice it said he died there before God. He died before God. Did y'all catch that? He died before God. When they praise God like they lost their mind, God wasn't just in heaven. He's now there before them. So when Uzzah died, he died before God. Their praise created a habitation and environment and atmosphere for God to live in and dwell in. And now they take this same ark. Go to keep going, please. Verse 11. Verse 11. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak. Verse 12. Verse 12. And David was afraid of God that day, saying, how can I bring the ark of God to me? Verse 13. So David would not move the ark with him into the city of David, but took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. So he takes this ark that's now carrying the presence of God because they've been praising and singing and dancing with all their might. Now this ark, which is filled with God's presence, shows up at Obed-Edom's house and bam! Everything in Obed-Edom's house changes, is blessed because this ark isn't just an empty box. This ark is carrying the presence of Almighty God, the Lord of hosts, and you can't help but get blessed when Almighty God, the Lord of hosts, shows up in your house. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on. You ought to give God a big shout about that right now. I'm trying to tell you how to get God to manifest in your house. Stop your crying. Stop your weeping. Stop your lamenting. That ain't going to move God. God shows up. He inhabits the praises. God inhabits our praises. People will cry all night long and think, God, how come you ain't showing up for me? When you're going to show up, God, he ain't going to show up when you're crying. Switch your crying. The Bible says he turns our mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, into dancing. You want to get God to show up? Turn your mourning into dancing and God will show up in your life. The Bible says he gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He wants to show up. So he sent you a new suit of clothes. Take off them heaviness clothes. Put on his garment of praise. Put on that garment of praise. Start dancing. Start rejoicing. Start praising God. Then I'm going to show up. And when I show up, I'm going to show out in your life. And I'm going to turn everything around. I only show up when you praise. Tell your neighbor, God will show up when you start praising him. You can't afford to be silent anymore. You can't be quiet anymore. You can't be cool anymore. You can't be calm anymore. You can't be all reserved anymore. You got to get your praise out if you want God to show up in your life. 
Give God a shout of praise. Turn, turn to Psalm 100. Turn to Psalm 100. I'm, I'm through. I'm through. Turn to Psalm 100. Woo-wee. See, we're trying to get God's presence where there's no praise, and it don't work like that. Psalm 100 tells you, I'm going to show you how to do it. How many of y'all want God to show up, show up at your address? How many of y'all want God to really show up at your address? I'm going to show you how to do it. Psalm 100, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Oh, ye lands. I want God to show up. I can't be, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. No, shut up. So you can go back in there and find a praise. Go back in there and find a yet praise. Go back in there and find, think of his goodness and what he has done for you. Till you open your mouth and you have to cry out from your soul. Then he said, verse 2, serve the Lord with sadness, with lamenting, with gladness. Come Oh, y'all. I don't feel no wasted. Child, shut up that mess. Come before the presence with singing. That ain't singing. That's you singing the blues. God ain't got time for no gospel blues. No, come before his presence with singing. Verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we. We are his people. Come on. And the sheep of, are you ready for this? Verse 4, enter. I know verse 5. For the Lord is good. I don't care what I look like for the Lord is good. I don't care how I feel. The Lord is good. I don't care how much money I have or don't have. For the Lord is good. I don't care what anybody else says. For the Lord is good. His mercy and his truth All right. Let me finish this here. Go back to 2 Samuel 6, verse 11. You can stand if you want to stand. Because we're going we gonna to stop the moaning dream. 
the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Edward Baker. I wish I wonder if anybody put their own name in there. This is the ark filled with his presence because they've been praising God. Three months. All it takes to change your life is three months. God don't need a five-year plan. He don't need a 10-year project. Give him three months of you serving him with gladness. Three months of you coming before his presence with singing. Waking up from your bed in the morning time with a song in your heart. Not, oh, I'm hurt. No, no. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast of the Lord. The almost shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Now the Lord bless, the Lord bless Robert Lemon and all his, you ought to stick your name in there. The Lord bless Mac Williams and all. The Lord bless Thomas Wishup and all. And all his household. Everybody tied to me. I don't care if your children are grown and gone, they're still part of your household. Your children are gonna call home in the next seven days and say, Mom, Mom, you ain't gonna believe what happened, child. I believe it. Try me, try me, try me, try me, try me. I got a miracle, yeah. I was expect I believe it, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. I can't explain why. Let me tell you, child. I've been honoring and serving God with gladness. I've been praising God. I've been praising mighty God. I've been dancing. I've been singing. I've been shouting. That's why the Lord been blessing you in your life. Now watch. Verse 12. Verse 12. Now it was told King David saying the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. Now watch, watch. So David doesn't just get excited and say that's good for Obed-Edom. David, he said, hey look, I need to go get that thing here and bring it. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. Of course he's glad. He know what's about to happen, man. Now watch, this, this is the final thing I want you to understand here. So watch, watch this. What happened in verse 11 was God blessed Obed-Edom's household. Bless his socks off. Supernatural, miraculous provision, manifestation, prosperity. Now here's what I want you to hear. Listen to me. Are y'all listening? Obed-Edom's prosperity was a signal to David that the prosperity revival had, had come. Y'all not catching it. 
Am I catching this? When David heard, because David remembered what had happened. It had been in Abinadab's house 20 years at least. But David didn't move on that. Then, but it shows up at Obed-Edom's house. David, didn't, he didn't go get it uh, the first day or the third day or the 45th day. It was after he heard. 90 days in, he heard. He, what? What happened? He remembered the last, his last experience with the ark, a man died. He was, David was upset. He was like, well, what's, what's up with God? But when he heard that the prosperity had hit a bit, had hit Obed-Edom's house, it was a signal. Okay, oh, wait, it's cool now. David knew this prosperity that hit Obed-Edom's house was a signal and a sign that God was about to bless all his people. So David said, let's all go get that thing and print it in the main headquarters so it won't just bless Obed-Edom's house. Now it's going to bless everybody's house. I want you to hear me on this. Are you listening, saints of God? This unusual manifestation, this unusual prosperity that will happen over the, these remaining 69 days will be a signal first to the church. That the prosperity revival has come. Prosperity revival, yes. You read Joel chapter 2. It shall come to pass in the last days. I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all flesh. But he said it'll come to pass afterward. So before the, the spiritual revival hits his land like we're all praying for, God's going to send a financial, a prosperity revival so that we can pay for. Because once a spiritual revival hits his land, we're going to need church seven days a week. Some of y'all are going to have to leave your jobs. Which means God wants to bless you with enough money like he blessed Peter and those guys with. That's why Jesus Christ blessed Peter and those guys so much. Because, because for the next three and a half years, they follow him. They ain't got time to be working. God going to bless you so much. And when revival going to come, you ain't going to have time to work. You got to be working in his kingdom. So he got to bless you over these next 90 days. Believe God to supernaturally prosper you so much. That when it comes, it serves as a signal to the body of Christ. Uh oh, something happening. You see, because we've been prophesying this for years. It's been prophesied back in, in Kenneth Hagin's day or Robert's day. They prophesied these things happening. That is coming. Joel prophesied it. That is coming. And it's coming. In fact, I announce to you it is here. I don't hurt. I don't know if y'all hurt. I announce to you it is here. The day of your visitation. The day of your visitation is here. So watch. So you your prosperity becomes a signal to the church that God has released an outpouring of blessing. Then it's gonna happen. All the folk you've been praying for, 
You've been believing for God to save your cousin and your friend and your neighbor and your co-worker. They're going to see what God is doing in the church and the body of Christ. And they're going to come in. I want to read one, one last scripture. One last scripture. Stay on your feet. Isaiah verse 8 and verse 18. New King James. Isaiah verse 8 and verse 18. You're going to experience signs and wonders during these, these 90 days. You hear what I said? You're going to experience signs and wonders. Miracle healings. Miracle deliverance. Miracle breakouts. Miracle restoration. Miracle money. Now watch what Isaiah says. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. God's given me some children. We are four. Y'all, not just we are experiencing, we are four. Signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts. That means your miracle money, your miracle prosperity is a sign and a wonder. You become a sign and oh my God. See, for you to be a sign and wonder, it's got to be so, so notable that people know your job didn't do this, your degree didn't do this, your investment in this is something supernatural that only God can do himself. Who dwells on Mount Zion? Now, let's read this verse and I'm done. In the voice translation, I want you to read it with me, please. In the voice translation. Can you see it? Is this big enough for you to read? Yeah. Ready to read. You see, I and my children, whom the eternal one gave to me, we personified. Oh, my God. Y'all, did, did you catch that? We, no, y'all missed that. We personify. Every promise God made, we personify it. When God promised health, you, you personify divine health. You, the, you, you personify divine prosperity. You, the, you personify divine peace. You personify wealth. You, you personify godhood. You, you personify a sonship. I'm a, I'm a walking picture of it. Come on, come on. Tell, tell your neighbor, I'm, I'm a walking picture of this. Everything the Bible talking about, I'm a walking picture of it. When you look up health in the Bible, is, is, is my picture right there. When you look up prosperity, it's my picture. When, you, when you, I look like it, I, I look like what he's talking about. Start over, ready to go. You see, I and my children, we, we are signs. What amazing thing. The one present this Zion is heaven on earth. We are signs of what God intends to do, what He will do, of what He has in mind. You're a picture of what God has in mind. When you walk out and go in the world, the, the world ought to see you and know you are a picture of what God has in mind for them. 
Do you understand why it's so important for you and me to be healthy and be strong and be wealthy and be happily married and have happy families? Everything that we're a part of, why it's important for it to look right and be right? Because we give the, the world then a picture of what he has in mind for them. Everybody say, I'm a sign. I'm a sign. I, am a I am a wonder. God's using me God's using to show the world, show the world what, he has in mind. what he has in mind. That's what God did through Obed-Edom. He didn't just bless Obed-Edom's socks off. He used Obed-Edom to be a sign to David. It's all good. And when David heard about that, David came with gladness. People in the body of Christ are going to come with gladness when they find out the famine is over in the body of Christ. We're going to say like we said it was like, come over here. The table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. Whatever you do, don't miss your day of visitation. God is here right now. He's moving right now. Let all your religion go. Let all your apprehensions go. Let all your inhibitions go. Let all your apprehensions, all the things that we are, you know, I don't, I don't know about that. I'm not, I'm not one of those kind of praisers. I'm not one of those kind of praisers. I'm more, I'm more to myself. Child, please. Yeah, how's it working out so far? I'm just more to myself. Ain't nobody got time for you to be just more to yourself. I'm not one of those loud, loud people. When the Bible says make a joyful shout. Bible said praise him on the loud symbols, praise him on the high sounding symbol. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. All your lamenting, all your crying, all your mourning, over. 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 Now listen. What was the difference between Abinadab and Obed-Edom? Abinadab was son of nobility, house on the hill, everything good. Obed-Edom was used to being a servant. He served the Lord with gladness. He made sure he attended to the things of God for 90 days. I'm declaring, if you will consecrate yourself and attend to the things of God. Now, we're going to do it our whole lives. But I'm talking about this 90 days. If you will especially consecrate yourself to the things of God. God, I'm all about your business. Then watch what he will do when you serve him. He's going to pay the bill and he's going to leave a hefty tip. 
and your life will not be the same, Tamara. And then what's going to happen is your life will be the signal and the sign to all your other religious church folk that you, you they and your family, but they, they've been laughing at you for going to that church over there with that man talking all that foolishness. Over. They laughing at you now. Talk about your dog, you're out. Make it, you know, now. But when you manifest, the vision's going to speak. It's going to speak for itself, and it ain't going to lie. The vision's going to say, I told you. This is the way walk you in it. And watch what God does in your life. Everybody lift your hands all over this room. Everybody. 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 Hallelujah. And while you have those hands lifted, I want you to begin to open your mouth and begin to just worship the Lord out of your own mouth. Begin to praise him out of your own mouth. Give him glory and give him honor. Give him glory and give him honor. He wants to show up in your house. Oh, he's visiting corporately, but he's ready to make a personal visit. A personal visit to your house, to your situation, to your marriage, to your family, to your body, to your finances, to your children, to your children afar off. Those ones, they move out the house. They, he'll visit your children there, wherever they are. He'll visit your business. He'll visit your job. He'll visit your school. He'll visit everything that pertains to you. He'll visit you. Oh, we welcome you, Holy Spirit of the living God. We welcome your presence. We welcome your glory. We welcome your power. We welcome your spirit. We welcome your anointing. Flood our lives. We serve you with gladness. We serve you with gladness. We serve you with gladness. Our crying days are over. Our sorrowful days are over. You have not abandoned us. You have not neglected us. You have not forgotten us. We return to you. We return to you. We return to our first love. We return to our first love. Hallelujah. We reverence you today, Lord. Holy Spirit of the living God. We receive you today. In this place. In this place. Be glorified and be magnified. Be exalted in this place. We welcome you in. You're the king and you're invited to come in and dwell among your people. To live in our hearts. To live in our homes. We make room for you. We give you first place. We give you first place. We give you the highest priority. 
You want to be with us. And we want to be with you. We long to commune with you. We long to fellowship with you. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost. We can fellowship with you every day, all day, all day, all day, all day, all day, all night, all night, all night. We can fellowship and commune with you, oh Lord. Thank you, 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 Lord. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. We honor you, Lord. We honor you. We honor you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. In this place today. In this place today. We'll not forsake you, Lord. We will not forsake you, Lord. We'll follow after you, O Lord. We yearn for you, Lord. We want you, Lord, more than anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. And obey 